To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. Clytus, I'm bored. How to start? What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Welcome to The First Syllable, the show where ostensibly... I'm talking about writing a particular screenplay about a particular story involving a time loop, and that story is built on references to as many other pre-existing time loop movies, TV episodes, video games. Not as many references to books, because they take more time to get into, so I haven't read a lot of them, but a few books. And I will try to reference more books, even if I haven't read them, just because I wanted to reference as much as possible. But today I don't want to talk about that script. This is also... Now, you know, subtitled a writing podcast. So I guess it doesn't always have to be about this writing. It could continue after I've written this. It could continue as I'm trying to sell this, although who knows if I'll even get that far. It's the part I've always been bad at. I've been writing off and on since at least when I was in the fourth grade. And I've been writing somewhat regularly since my 20s. I know in my late teens, I started writing some screenplays teleplays, I guess, technically. I wrote, I want to say, three different scripts for X-Files episodes. Not that were ever produced, no, not that were ever even submitted anywhere, because I didn't know how to do that part, and I don't think they were very good. I think at the time I thought they were okay. One of them in particular, called Mamalapanatape, was, I think, pretty good. It was a nice idea. One of them was ridiculous. It was called Exeter, and it was a sort of sequel. This was early seasons of X-Files, so this wasn't that far along. It was a sequel to Tombs, and what was the first Eugene Victor Tombs episode called? Stretch? No. Had some basic title. Fuck. I don't know. It was a sequel to that. That one wasn't that good. I was trying too hard. Mamlava Padanatape was pretty good. Like the time loop episode of X-Files, it involved a bank robbery. Or several bank robberies. It's about this woman who... Her face couldn't be picked up by cameras because her face essentially changed for anyone who looked at her. I know I needed a rewrite where I connected her to some mythological sort of creature. And I hadn't figured out what that creature was. But it was essentially that she appears as the most beautiful woman to whoever... Whatever man sees her. And she also had this sort of pheromonal influence on them. And so she could make people do things, just by asking. Parts of that story never really became any other story, but I also wrote a series. I think I outlined five. I wrote three episode-length scripts for Highlander, the series, because I love that show. 
Turns out at the time you couldn't actually submit scripts unless you were a Canadian or a French citizen because of the way the production was set up or something like that. And I pretended in my head that that was the reason mine would never get made even if I submitted it, so I didn't submit it, but really it was because mine sucked. <laughs> but I remember taking characters from there. Roland and Claire St. James, Charlotte, Cuvier, probably a few others. Those are the ones that are coming to me now. Oof. 30 years later, almost. 25 years later. forget the exact year I wrote those. But those names shifted over into Diamond Bay-related stuff. I talked about Diamond Bay, Diamond Cove several episodes ago. And stuff in Diamond Bay would shift out of Diamond Bay. Like there was a series of 1800 America, like Western set, supernatural stories tied into the whole Demon Angel thing. Those shifted to be connected to Guardia stuff when I was writing the Guardia stories in the early 2000s. Becoming a fantasy, but a alternate reality fantasy, an alternate reality fantasy Western. One in particular, the one that I did a lot of prep for and sort of started to write but the structure was a bit strange because the story from the villain's perspective is taking place in a different order than from the hero's perspective. And it is a story about these two brothers, 1800s America is where they're from, but then they get transferred into this fantasy world. But every 10 years or so, they shift back and have been shifting back and forth for decades. And I was going to start the series, not at the beginning. I forget what the first story is called or was going to be called. First story never happened, obviously. None of them happened. The last one almost happened. Because it was going to start with the last story. Previous versions had been tied into Diamond Bay. The overall series was called Riders of the Second Sun. One of the stories was called Nightmares Under Broken Skies, which was about a wagon train where this young girl was having dreams about demons. And I know the last story, the one that really shifted over to Guardia in structure, and that was going to work backward from there. It's called The Last Song of Whisper Blackbraid, which is about this legendary pirate who is supposedly dead named Whisper Blackbraid, except he's sort of also the local boogeyman because people know he didn't die. He just went into Finity Field. Finity Field is this large space in Guardia where if you enter, you could exit the field years later, years before, minutes earlier. You could walk out and bump into yourself walking in. Infinity Field existed outside of time. And so from Whisper's perspective, he is performing this series of sacrifices to accomplish... I think that was part of the structural problems also, is I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. And for a thing that was essentially going to be a medieval fantasy setting with tinges of alternate reality science fiction and old western town, but structured as a police procedural you got to know the motivation of the killer. And I didn't. I knew what he was like. I could picture him. I could imagine things he would say. But I didn't have his motivation down. The thing is, he's performing these sacrifices in one order. They are investigating by the order that they happen from their perspective, which is misleading them until they realize that he is coming in and out of Finity Field at will. And he is doing this on his own time, not theirs. And then you got to figure out a way to clue them into that. How do they find out the actual order? Can they? Is it about mapping it on a map and it's, he's creating a spiral in town? It's just the order of events doesn't fit, but the geography does. I don't know. Never got that far. But recently, my impulse, in case that isn't obvious, is to connect everything. 
one story connects to another. Demon Angel Cycle was a series of was started as one book, immediately became more, and immediately outlined into what the Demon Angel backbone stories were thirteen stories. The Covenant secondary backbone was six or seven, I forget. And then all these other offshoots and things tying characters together, tying the plots together. And then I kind of lost the momentum of the Demon Angel, Diamond Cove stuff. And I lost the momentum of the Guardia stuff. There are things back there that I really loved. Some of the Guardia stories I think are pretty good. They need to rewrite, but they're pretty good. But I'm always moving on. I'm not good at rewriting. I'm good at recycling. Recently, I've been running a D&D campaign that is Curse of Straw. That's a, from a published book. It's got a set character, set plot. I immediately expanded it to connect it to all previous incarnations of Barovia and Ravenloft and Strahd, because that's how I do. Just like the last syllable of recorded time is supposed to be the definitive time loop story, referencing all others. My Curse of Strahd is referencing all others. But it also is connected in an opening scene back to my previous D&D campaign, which it doesn't share any players with that. There's no reason to connect it, I just do. And then... I might connect that onward into the next campaign I want to run, which is really what I want to talk about this week. And I want to make a D&D campaign that takes place entirely, or almost entirely, in a single town. At first it was going to be in a city, and it's just this urban campaign. And that could still be done, but I want it to be smaller. It kept getting smaller and smaller. And the town was originally called Perch. A play on words of the fish, Perch and a perch where something lands, like a bird, or a dragon in particular. And then I drew a sort of map of perch, and immediately came up with another name, because there was a river running through perch, and there was an aqueduct that passed over the river, connecting the larger river it comes from to another town. Which didn't quite make sense, that you'd need an aqueduct crossing over a river, but I came up with a new name for the town, it was Crosswater, and then eventually the town changed again, it was in this Valley of Zed, which was very geographically isolated and contained the dense forest on one side of the river, small town and farms on the other side of the river, and then I lost the aqueduct, made the town even smaller, kept trying to make new versions of it, contained by forest, if not mountains. And then the latest version, and I think this is the version I really like, Crosswater isn't geographically contained anymore at all. It's a marshland. It gets its name from, visually it's based on a specific ancient road in, uh, I want to say Wales, might be England, but it's this boardwalk crossing a swamp, like a mile-long wood road, and I like that. This little town where all the buildings are a little separate from each other, built over a marsh, and they're there because they do trade there along this river, and I've tried mapping the town several times. kept wanting to map it if you know a thing called Roll20. I kept wanting to put the entire town on a single map. So just love the idea of characters being stuck in this single location, but also immediately having this visual feel of where they could go anywhere. That's a lot about that. What I wanted to say is that I had an immediate idea for the first story to take place there. It now will probably be the second story, because I have a one-shot idea of how to start it. Where players play as one group of characters, accomplish a simple task quickly, and then switch to new characters and play a story that lasts a little bit longer, and that is 
Actually, I don't even want to say the title of that one because the title is a pun and it might give away the plot. Then there's a second story where they switch to a different set of characters and do something else. They actually leave the town and, and then they come back for what was the third, now the fourth part of the story, which in my head has become the last song of Whisper Blackbraid. By putting him into a and d setting, it's much easier to figure out a motivation for him. His sacrifices serve some sort of deity. I won't say which one, because I may try to run this. And I'm tempted to try to run it in some public fashion. I tried running Curse of Strahd as a podcast. We've been recording our audio, but the audio of the first few episodes was messed up, and then I haven't had time to figure out where it could start and how to format it, and editing will take forever. So I don't know, it might never become a thing. But I would love to run the next one as an audio format, a podcast, or on Twitch, or something. And have it be more of a thing that people can watch, people can experience. And now I want to take this character of Whisper Blackbraid, who originally came from a Guardia story, which was previously an incarnation of a Demon Angel cycle story, and put him out there in the world. Because he's an amazing villain. He's like the... I can't even think of a good... Who is he? He's like a Bond villain, almost. He definitely would do some monologuing. Although in D&D, it's hard to let villains monologue. Characters will just get into a fight. What's my point? My point is, stories evolve, ideas evolve. If you're a writer and you're listening to this, my advice, if you care for any advice, is let them evolve. If you have ambitious story ideas and they fall apart, move on to the next, take the good, and keep it. Leave the bad behind. Unless you're good at rewriting, then rewrite and rewrite and make it good. I always want something to hold up on first read, first write, or I used to. If this podcast proves anything, it's that I am attempting to take my time with this story and figuring out its structure and its characters and its beats, and I hope I don't take too much time. I hope that when I sit down to actually write it, I know where it's going and know what the characters need to do and have an idea of specific structure, and there's still so much I don't know. That's my ideas on names for Connor's parents. I had an idea today about some of Dez's problems with his wife, who is not in the story, necessarily. In the time loop, they would potentially have time to get to New York and see her. Definitely could call her on the phone, but she's not an active participant in the plot. Deliberately. Because the whole point is separated out and on the verge of maybe his marriage breaking up. Who is Dez? Who is he becoming? Because as I said, as much as I want the story to reference all these other time loop stories... It also has to have plot and story beats and character details that come from my own story. And some of those are probably beats I'll steal from old Guardia stuff or old Diamond Bay stuff or old Highlander scripts. Because why else do those things still exist? I should share those things, put them online, make them readable, although I don't even know if I have physical copies of the X-Files or Highlander stuff, and they were written on an old word processor, so I don't even know if I can open them. But maybe. Sometime. Maybe. Sometime. Cut. Perfect. We, uh... It's a past stuff that dreams are made of. You're still here? It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over! Nothing is over! Go home. Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Go.